Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Pinions. Pop Pinions. Did you press record? I did. Okay. Episode new board. 122. We got a new... It's not a whiteboard, Jack. It's a glass board. It is. It does still kind of look white, though. Yeah, because the background is white. The, yeah. But it's glass. And board. It's pretty. It is pretty. I had to hang it twice. So if you take that off, you will see other uh, screws where I tried to hang it and it didn't go straight. It wasn't level. But now it is. Now it is level. Okay. So, because I, even, it's just off, like a little, but I can't do that. I would know that it was off, so I had to switch it. Good to know. Thanks. Good little insight into your brain. <laughs> okay, so how you doing? I'm okay. We're filming, recording, filming, whatever, very late this week. Sorry to all our um, faithful listeners that this is coming in late. Yep, on a Sunday. Yeah, it normally comes out on a Thursday, but it just wasn't working this week for us. Scheduling conflict, some other extracurricular activities. Well, listen, I didn't know what was happening last night. So we dad and I popped some edibles. Like we were just like, whatever. I don't know when he's coming home. There's no communication on your end. So I was like, I guess it's Saturday night. Let's. Pop some edibles. I feel like, I don't know if communication would have made a difference. I feel like I then would have just been told through text, <laughs> we did edibles, so. No, if you had said, I'm coming home at like six, then I would have been like, okay, I'll wait till after. You know? Yeah. But you didn't. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm free as a bird. And that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. We're on the three football games left of the season. So oh my that's God, that's the exact same thing yesterday. I'm like, ugh, you guys are so dramatic. That's how I usually start podcasts. Yesterday, I had a comment from, well, I was going to say someone, but it was the fiance that, you know, football's like, it's almost done. It just started. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like 20 weeks or 20 some odd weeks. I don't feel like it just started. No, because this is why. Because now we'll have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. And that'll be February. Mm hmm. And then we have March, April, May. Then we start talking about football again. Like we start like we'll draft in April. Yes. That's what I mean. Like you only get a few months and then it's like we're back. And then in the summer they're starting their spring training or their whatever you call it in football, summer training. They're training. And then by September, it's back again. Yeah. But like September, not that close. Okay. No. I'm sad for you guys. I know it makes you happy. I don't know what you're going to do on your Sundays or what you're going to talk about on your podcast or whatever, but I'm sure you guys will figure out. It's almost March Madness there. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm not going to lie. We're pretty close to just baseball, too. Yeah. April. April and October, my least favorite months. Well, well, especially this year, that baseball, the World Baseball Classic's happening, which starts in early March. So. Well, sports podcast here. Baseball early. Baseball early. They start early. <laughs> All right. Uh, today on our 122nd episode. We are funny again. We got a lot of twos. D2 Mighty Ducks. Yes. Mile 22 and TV duos. Look at us. We're so funny. Uh, the only thing that doesn't keep with the trend is the Oscar nominations, which we should probably start with. Yeah, we'll start with that. I'm just going to do a quick, like I'm not going to go through every category. Um, but I will say, um, best picture, all quiet on the Western front. They have a lot of nominations. They have like cinematography, best international production design, visual effects, makeup score, best sound. 
That was a lot. So I'm going to definitely have to watch that movie, which it's a war movie, so I'm not like super excited about it. But uh, so also under Best Picture, we have Avatar, Banshees of Inn and Sharon, uh, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Um, I wouldn't say there was anything that was like too shocking that was like, oh, that, you know, maybe she said and but then they put in women talking instead. So get a woman story in there. Yeah. The she said just kind of got shut out. It did. It did. So did Viola Davis for anyways. Um, I was surprised. At, listen, I love Top Gun Maverick. I think it's a great movie. I think it's really well done. Great popcorn movie. But I am surprised that it's in under best picture. I just feel like it's not the typical movie that the Oscars would recognize. So, I mean, I think it's great. I just, it was a little bit surprised. Uh, I'm hoping that just means that going forward, we can acknowledge movies like that more. Yeah, for sure. Not necessarily Oscar bait. I also think it has something to do with it being a legacy movie. Yeah, that's true. So out of those 10, I've only seen four. So I got to get, I got to get moving for sure. So yeah, you're trying to count how many you have. Uh, the best director, the all men are, uh, Martin McDonough for the Banshees, Daniel and Daniel from everything everywhere and Steven Spielberg, the Fablemans, Todd Tarr for, uh, Todd, Todd Tarr for field, <laughs> Todd T- field for Tarr and Ruben something for triangle of sadness. Um, so again, nothing really too shocking. All of those are in the best. Um, I actually realize now that there is a pretty notable omission in both of those categories yeah babylon babylon and um uh baz Luhrmann. yeah i mean if elvis gets a best picture nomination it is a little weird that it wouldn't babylon didn't get uh, they got like costumes and stuff but or like Sound. sound and editing and stuff like that but they didn't get really a lot um lead actor um uh, best lead actor austin butler for elvis colin farrell for banshees uh brendan fraser for the whale paul mascal for after sun which i have heard amazing things about this movie and i'm gonna he got a bafta award and uh bill nye for living so we are i haven't seen i've only seen two of those but i am a brendan fraser on that bandwagon and I it would take a lot for me to get off of it like I can't imagine something being better than that from from this whatever like yeah anyways uh best lead actress which Viola Davis was left out of unfortunately but we have Kate Blanchett for Tar Anna Damaris no yeah then an M Anna De Armas Anna De Armas I think you said Donna Anna Demarmus. Demarmus. Blonde. Um, Andrea Riseborough from it's a movie called To Leslie. I think that was I hadn't even heard of it, so I was pretty shocked with that one. Michelle Williams for the Fablemans. What I was noticing and oh and Michelle Yay for Yo. 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 Um, what I was noticing, it's funny because then there's like ten best pictures, but then they only pick five. I'm not saying they should do 10, but it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Like here's all these great movies and then there's, you're just narrowing it down to five, but yeah, I'll just do, um, best supporting, uh, Brendan Gleeson from Banshees, 
Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway. I was really excited to see his name. I love him. And I'm going to watch that movie for sure. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Um, Barry. That guy. Key. Whatever. The Banshees of an Insurin. And um, Ki Hung. Kiwe Kwong. Kiwe Kwong for Everything Everywhere. And then for Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett from for Black Panther. I was pretty impressed with that. I mean, she's phenomenal in it, but... This is not something the Oscars would recognize as a performance. I think it's probably because she's just kind of rolled through this category. Yeah. Um, Hung Chow for The Whale, um, which she was also in The Menu, and we were obsessed with her in The Menu, so she's really good. Uh, Carrie Condon for uh, Banshees, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere, and Stephanie... I believe it's Sue. Sue. For everything, everywhere, all at once, which I was pretty happy to see because she plays her daughter, and I think she did a great job, too. The only other one I just want to say really quickly is Best Adapted Screenplay was Women Talking by Sarah Polly, who is Canadian, and she also did direct it. So she could have got a Best Director, but um, yeah. So that's kind of like, those are your main ones, and yeah, it wasn't anything too shocking. Like, I would say the only one I was really shocked about was... um, by um brian tyree henry because he hadn't gotten anything else or any kind of recognition even the movie kind of it kind of had a lot of buzz and then it kind of went away um and i was happy to see obviously brendan frazier and i was happy to see that sarah Polly got um best adopted screenplay so but yeah so that's that's that and i think it's there in march so we have a bit of time to See some of those movies. Make my list. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still just. I, I guess I forgot in the and well I guess it's almost been a week now that like, I know Babylon wasn't everyone's favorite movie, but like, I really didn't. And I'm not saying Damien Chazelle like nothing from that movie, nothing yeah. major from that movie deserved to get nominated. Yeah, for sure. Because it did get like. I know it did get stuff, but like not... the music and like yeah, Justin co- costume Hurwitz. design. Yeah, it did get a few things, but nothing. I'm still like debating if I want to watch Elvis. I don't know. I've heard really mixed people are like, oh, it's not very good. So well, I feel like it's probably but... similar to Blonde, where you're there to see the main star of the movie, but everything around it is probably a bit of a mess. Right. Um. I mean, I think for lead actress, that I think that it's going to be Michelle or I think it's going to be Kate Blanchett. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to watch Blonde either. I don't know. We'll see I, how much time. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think she'll win. No, I don't think so either. I think it's one of those acknowledging Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Let's get into our IMC. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Um, your number's lower, so you're going to go first. <laughs> I like the the logic there. <clears throat> I watched D2 Mighty Ducks on Disney, directed by Sam Weissman. It's this from 1994. It got 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Jack loves these movies. Yeah, this especially is my favorite movie out of the three. Yeah, so he watched it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, an international competition for junior league hockey teams being held in LA. Gordon Bombay played by Amelia Estevez is picked to lead the USA with the reunited 
Mighty Ducks. Yeah, we get some new faces, and the movie does start. I don't know if you have that, that he's playing minor league hockey, how the first movie finishes. Yeah. But he gets a shot and gets injured, gets a the dirty hit and hurts his knee. Yeah. So then he has, well, he's coming back to just like work for the skate shop, but then ends up coaching. Then he gets offered a coaching position for the U.S. at this junior Goodwill Games. So we see the kids getting back together. This is probably my favorite part of the movie is they're like rollerblading around and they're like collecting the kids and they just kind of get to see like what they've all been up to. And they have like a duck call. Yeah, it's just like a really fun scene. Like it's just like them all getting back together. They're so excited. and They're just like rollerblading through the city. Yeah, they go through like the Mall of America. The only one that's actually playing hockey is uh, Jesse, who is like probably the most underrated player in the whole like franchise. Yeah, it's like. I don't know. Even like Adam Banks is playing hockey, but like he's Jess- about to kiss a girl. No, that's uh, oh, is that uh, different. Guy, oh, Guy Germain and oh, okay. uh, Connie, and especially because a few of them do come back for at least the first season of the Mighty Ducks show that they did. Right. Um. So they get to the rink and then they meet five new players, which they kind of made it seem like it was going to be a thing because there's five new players, but it really wasn't. Like it wasn't a. Like it wasn't um like they ended up bonding. And stuff. Yeah, it was like a, it wasn't a thing. At first, it was. There's a lot of contention because it's a lot of guys that are similar. Like there's Dean Portman, who's exactly like their, uh, I don't remember his first name, Fulton Fulton Reed, okay. who just takes the big slap shots and it's kind of a goon and like will hit guys. There's yeah. the my favorite character has to be the Texan, yeah, right, uh, right. Dwayne Robertson, who Robertson or Robinson. Um, who's like really fancy with the puck and can do a lot of cool things, but he's just like, howdy y'all. Oh, howdy y'all. Um, so like they start working together, but then Bombay, so Emilio Estevez, I'm just going to call him Bombay, starts getting distracted with like the limelight and like he starts going to parties and we have like one party where he has all these cameos with like Christy Amaguchi, Greg, um, oh, I can't read my Greg, writing. Greg Luganis. I can't read my writing. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and some a whole bunch of NHL players. So yeah, the Kareem the Kareem part I have to say is one of the weirdest things because this is an NBA legend and Gordon Bombay is trying to pitch him this product. Yeah. That are called Air Bombay Loafers, right. which is for kids who want to coach. Yeah. Which is like, are you? And even Kareem's like, are you sure there's enough kids that want to coach? <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, of course there are. Yeah, everybody and wants to coach. It's pretty much just Charlie Conway, I think, is who that's made for. Uh, the NHLers now I'm trying to think it's Cam Neely Luke Robitaille and Chris Chelios I'm pretty sure that's the only one I remember we do Wayne Gretzky does make an appearance but not at that party he comes up later so they win the first couple games pretty easily they beat like Trinidad yeah like they beat them but then they lose to Iceland who's being coached by an ex NHL player like he's known to be like the tough guy Um, Wolf the yeah. dentist Danson, I believe is his right. name. Yeah. And he was known as the dentist because he knocked people's teeth out. Yeah, that's always nice. And like, I think my biggest problem with this movie is that Canada just gets ignored. They're completely ignored. They are in this tournament and like they don't show them playing once. They don't go like, oh, Iceland beat Canada. Iceland is like the superpower of this tournament yeah. besides the US. And it's like, do you not know who where hockey's been known for for yeah. the longest time. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's very Americanized, right? Is, they yeah. tend to forget about us. Um, so the star player, Adam, gets slashed in the wrist. We see it, but then it kind of gets pushed to the wayside every now and then. We see him trying to move his wrist and stuff like that. Um, 
so the kids are all pretty frustrated and tired. And then they meet this street hockey team. And in comes Kenan Thompson from mm-hmm. SNL. And it was so cute. He was really cute. Um, he, so he t- starts teaching them, like, more tricks and, like, kind of gets their team, like, team building and bonded a little better and mm-hmm. working together. Um, so we need an intervention because Mombe is, like, off. Like, he's just, he's not focused. Especially, okay? he goes on a date with someone from the Iceland, Iceland team. team. So, a girl. Like, a, yeah. one of the trainers or something, right? Yeah, so they're thinking, like, your your head's not in it, you know? Yeah. And at first, he's just kind of like how he is in the first movie. He's just like, what? No, I'm not Whatever. doing anything yeah. wrong. Yeah, I'm fine. Get out of here. fine, yeah. So Han shows up, who we love him. And he gets, like, Bombay back on track. Um, he arrives... Like Bombay arrives at the game late where the girl had to. Yeah. So they have like this teacher who is pretty good at like, because when she first meets them, she's like Goldberg, the goalie's like, how about we make school optional? (laughs) She's like, yeah, okay. But, you know, if you don't go to class, you don't play. Yeah. Like she kind of gives it back to them. Totally. So she has to pretend to be their coach and they do. I don't know. It's not weird, but like she's like, you know, we're like tired out there. We need. we need to change places. Right. She's like, just yell, change it up. Yeah. Line change. Like, yeah. Um, so they do a nice job at making her look dumb. Yep. Um, but the kids, so he does arrive at this game. The kids are happy. Like they're mad, but they're happy. He's back kind of thing. And they have, um, yeah, so they're happy he's back and they do advance from that game. They do end up winning. They do make it to the finals. They're a bit of a circus kind of whole montage happens which i was like it's getting a little bit silly um but they go to the locker room and they get their new uniforms which are the ducks and yeah. i'm not gonna say how it ends up but it's a disney movie and we do see wayne gretzky come in and give a pep talk to the u.s team which i thought again was weird because he's canadian yep. um yeah but the yeah that's kind of all i'm gonna say just in case people want to watch mm-hmm. it and see if the ducks win Yes, the ducks, because they do come back out as the ducks and they go through like this whole like, they can't do that. They can't change the jerseys. It was also a Disney and NHL ploy because I'm pretty sure this was the year that the ducks, the Anaheim Ducks started as a franchise. Right, right. I think that's like, I think that's genius, though, to like, because if the kids are watching it, then they would be excited to see the NHL team and, you know, like, I think it's good marketing for sure. I think it's good. Yeah. So that was good. It was cute. It was a that was a cross uh, podcast when I knew you were watching this movie. I asked to dad, we do like a pick a side. And I said, would you rather bring back the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, the name, the color or their logo? Oh, OK, I like the color. I picked the color because yeah. I think he said logo. But like because he picked logo, I just picked color. Yeah, like yeah. Either of those would be really good. You don't really need a team to be called the Mighty Ducks. No, it's not called that anymore. No, just the Ducks. The Ducks. Well, no, Anaheim Ducks. Okay, not Anaheim the, the Ducks. Ducks. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just gotcha. be every sports team, Kansas City, See, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Now let's say that. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, time so for good. time for you. Uh, my movie is 2018's Mile 22, and episode 122. Yeah. Uh, it is directed by Peter Berg. Yes. We love Peter Berg. Friday Night Lights and a lot he's of other got, stuff, especially Mark Wahlberg. Like a grittiness about him that I really enjoy. Uh, so this is a, an, a about 
an elite CIA unit that's been asked to escort a high-priority asset 22 miles to an extraction point while being hunted by the local government. Ah, mile 22. Got it. Uh, so we've got Mark Wahlberg, Lauren Cohen. Yeah. I always feel like I want to say like Cohan. Eco uh, uh, Yowe, who is like, he's the asset that they're okay. trying to not necessarily save, but... Uh, Move. Move, yeah. We also got John Malkovich, Ronda Rousey. Oh, Jack can't read. Oh, Peter Burke is in it. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is a weird one, but Sean Avery, who is an ex-NHL player. Yeah, I never is, liked him. Is in the... It's weird. It's actually in the beginning. Him, it opens with him and Lauren um, walking up to this house. And at first, they're like this couple arguing, so you don't really know what's going on. But it turns out to be this whole like tactical mission of oh, like... Okay. It's a safe house in the U.S. for Russians. Okay. And they're walking up like, oh, our friend sent us this house, but let's like sent us this address, but we don't know if this is the right house. Just trying to like get them, get them oh. talking so they could get in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out Mark Wahlberg and the entire team are watching. There's a drone in position. There's a lot of drone footage in this movie. Oh, okay. There's a drone like watching the house. Um, so then they attack this house and as y- you could see them running around the team like watching them which is like John Malkovich he's like the mother of the operations mm-hmm. um they could see their heart rates oh just to make sure they're like staying calm oh my goodness yeah um so then there's some like biohazard weapon in the house mm-hmm. and um Oh, they have the wrong, they get the wrong count on the people in the house. Like they say it's five, but there's really one person that was like secretly hiding in there in a very good hiding spot. Someone, well, a couple of people actually get shot and it just turns into yeah, bloodbath. just a bit of a, yeah, bit of a mess. Um, then once we get through that, we look at Mark Wahlberg's house and in his house he has, and I quote, I mean, just quote, cause this is what I wrote. Uh, a bunch of guns. Yeah, just a bunch of. Just a bunch. Not even bunch. Bunch of. Bunch of. With an A at the end. Yeah. Bunch of guns, and he has this like th- a puzzle that's five hundred and twenty nine pieces, and it's called the world's hardest puzzle because uh. it's like all white. Oh no. They're all the same. Eh, white with a black border. Okay. But it's all just. There's no picture. Wow. It's just that. So he's so that just shows how smart he is because ah. he has it solved except for like three pieces, which he has the three pieces sitting there. So <laughs> that's how you know you're good at puzzles is you just don't finish them. No, you're just like, I don't need to finish this. Um, then we get like a bunch of old uh, president voiceovers, mm-hmm. including Donald Trump and Obama, Jimmy Carter, wow. Richard Nixon. And it's going back through Mark Wahlberg's like his character's history like as a kid he grew up like very aggressive and he was different from all the other kids so then he got recruited from a young age to be um part of the cia mm-hmm. um so then we're in indicar city which is not a real thing it is a, it's just made up for this movie people say it was like loosely based on indonesia I think. Uh, okay and it's six months after the the russian house thing yeah um, so then we see Ronda Rousey and one of the other guys are, they walk into Mark Wahlberg and they're like, okay, like how mad are you right now mm-hmm. before we tell you what's, what happened? Cause they went on a mission to get some of this biohazard. It's not really clear. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and he just goes, I'm a seven and rising. Oh, oh, nice. So he's, That's funny, actually. I'm going to use that one time. It was pretty funny. Yeah, because it just means I have room to get more mad. Um, or I think he might say rising quickly. Yeah. Because he is a very, like, short, fused temper kind of guy. Kind of him. Uh, it is cesium. Cesium is, I did write that down. It is the thing that they're looking for. And okay. They only found, like, one case out of 22. Of cesium? Yeah. Ugh. Cesium is actually a real thing. I oh, looked okay. it up. Yeah. It's spelt weird, but um so he has this like yellow, like remember like the Livestrong bands? Yeah, that, yeah. Uh Lance yeah, Armstrong. Um so he snaps it on oh. his on his wrist anytime and his mother taught him this that anytime you're upset or can't handle something, just snap it on that's your what, wrist. That's um on Ginny and Georgia, that's what she does too. Well, that's good. Well, it's like a thing. I'm well, just saying it I'm could have just... worked out better for her um so she's so he's snapping you could see his wrists a lot of the movie is just like raw right like red the entire time because he's just constantly, constantly doing it yeah uh i didn't write it because he is doing it throughout the beginning of the movie too but it took me like halfway through to be like wow he's like really doing that a lot yeah to actually want to write it down um so then uh lauren cohen's ex is like peter berg and they both have a daughter together and they use this app where you're like not allowed to swear so he like riles her up to get her to swear so she gets like kicked off this app so like she can't communicate with their Mm. kid Mm. so that is weird it it was just really unnecessary yeah like i don't because they just they are not on good terms okay um oh so this is actually really funny. So, Mark, yeah, Mark Wahlberg is just very much, I don't want to say himself, but is, like, the exaggerated version of himself. Yeah. Um. So, this random person walks in, and the soldier walks up. It's like, uh, sir, there's a walk-in here. And he does this, like, kind of bit where he's just like, oh, I'll go see her. He's like, okay, you're going to you're gonna see her? Yeah, I'm going to see her. Do you want to go see her? Because I'll go see her. <laughs> and it was just like, he was, like, trying to mess with the soldier because he's supposed to be proper he's like oh do you want to go see her he's like no sir he's like okay i'm gonna go see the walk-in right um so this person has 1.3 billion dollars wow uh that the the government is gonna liquidate yeah which is obviously legit um so she's i think she's like trying to get out of the country so Wahlberg, he just thinks this is funny he's just kind of like messing with her he's like oh like i love your bracelet or like your necklace he's like it's so nice or she has a an American pin, like okay. an American flag pin. She's like, oh, it's a really nice pin. And she's like trying to talk to him. He's like, yeah, I just really like that pin. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she then says, oh, I'm the 17th richest person in the country, which wasn't okay. clear of what country. I uh, assume she means the U.S. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, she says like, oh, I know uh, Warren Buffett. Cool. And he's like, oh, you know, it's actually Buffet. Oh. Like, just messes with her. <laughs> uh, then it's Peterberg gets uh, Lauren Cohen to freak out and gets kicked off the app. Uh, I didn't realize this, but so the beginning or close to the beginning, there's this guy. And at first I just called him Guy. But it's uh, Eco Uwe. He burned his wallet and a picture of his family. Mm-hmm. So I get it. You later find out what happened to them. But at first it was just kind of weird. But he submits himself to the u.s embassy he's like holding this like disc and he just like kind of walks up to the gates and gets them to not like arrest him but take him in into the embassy um and he has this disc that's gonna self-destruct in eight hours okay but it has like very important information Mm -hmm. um 
So then uh, Mark Wahlberg just starts yelling. So these people are trying to break this code so they don't have to use this guy. She w- He was Lauren Cohen's, like, um, uh, what's the thing when, like, like handler? You're, you're giving information. Oh. Like, like a CI. Yeah, something like that. Um, so then he's yelling at these people trying to crack the code. And, like, yelling at them while they're trying to do it. And it's like, you're not helping the yeah, situation. Yeah, right? You're like, probably you're just, just making it worse. Yeah. And they, like, try to get him to calm down. Uh, but so then you also find out the Russians are looking for this guy. So this guy's name is Lee Nor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is actually his name, but the Russians are looking for him, too. You don't really know the Russian motivation or involvement in this. And, well, I guess it is. You know they're involved because of that family, like the oh, okay. house at the beginning. So, you know, that was that was the Russians. Um, so then they do these like tests to make sure they can trust Lenore mm-hmm. of like asking him questions and they try to get him to like mess up and be like oh what's your birthday are you a spy for the government and like right. try to ask him <laughs> questions like that and he's like pretty on top of like uh, this is my birthday no I'm not a spy yeah then um, they send in these two doctors to like do some more tests on him then it turns out they're a part of the government ah. so they snuck in Mm-mm. and they try to kill Lenor, and that's when you discover he has very deep military past oh, okay and like he's just in his underwear and just like fights these guys right he knows how to take care of himself yeah very like tactical fighting he like breaks one of the guy's knees Ooh. yeah Ouchies. a very like gruesome movie i have to say yeah um so this man has a military background with no family so you want to talk about nothing to lose. Him and Mark Wahlberg are very similar in that yeah. way. Um, so then this team, they get a team of seven together to escort him these 22 miles. They, I actually, I don't, I'm very curious if this is a real thing. They sign away their citizenship for the oh. U.S. Oh so that God. there's no legal jurisdiction so they could just do whatever they want. Wow. I thought that was cool of just like. At least there is some sort of consequence. Yeah. Where, like, you can probably become a U.S. citizen again after, but yeah. for this period of time, you're just on your own. You're on your own. Like, there's still a team with them, and John Malkovich is still the, the mother of the operation, but we're just, we're not U.S. citizens. Wow. Okay. Um, so then the government, you find out the government destroyed Lenar's family, which is why he wants mm-hmm. to get out. He thinks he's unsafe. Um, at one point, uh, they're just driving, and all their communication drops. These, all of these like motorcycles surround them. Turns into a gunfight. Uh, someone does like a, I don't want to say suicide mission, but like this person, it's one of those like they know they're gonna die, so they're okay. like, I want to die in a blaze of glory. Yeah, yeah. Not the first time that happens. Um, then the bad guys have them surrounded outside a bakery. They throw this bomb and then Mark Wahlberg, this sounds so ridiculous, but he starts fighting these two women. Oh, okay. like they come after him. Okay. So then he just has to fight them. Yeah. And like really was given it to them. There's a, a second suicide mission. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the team of seven gets down to a low number very quickly. I'll say. <laughs> um, so then there's, they're in this like apartment building kind of, um, and this little girl is just watching this sh- like shootout happening in her building, like in the middle of the hallway. They're just shooting, and she's just kind of like standing there watching, like it's a tennis match. Oh my god! A little un- unrealistic. Then we have one of those classic save. Do you sit? There's a person that's behind. Do okay. you go back and save them? 
no. or do you just no man left behind but egg. also save yourself save yourself because they're like right at the exit right and he's like no we're going back yeah i gotta save them um then uh lauren cohen uh sets off grenades and does the most me and you thing ever she like is hiding behind a mattress and then plugs her ears and like kind of like doesn't want to hear the explosion that was gonna happen yeah um then this one guy it might have been a really big knife but like we're in a gunfight and he either has a very big knife or a machete right which either way not a good thing to bring to a gunfight no Probably don't bring a knife to a gunfight just bring guns yeah a lot simpler um we see lee nor again he's fighting these three guys i have to say probably one of the most jury i don't remember when it was in the movie but probably the grossest death i've ever seen in a movie oh. or up there is one of them um he breaks a window out of a car okay and drags the guy's neck across the oh, window God. with the broken glass yeah yeah there they are not yeah not very subtle um then you get to the end they have a pretty pretty like last second crazy plot twist yeah of like what happens at the end of the operation it is funny like the main villain in the movie it's it is funny how he gets dealt with oh okay it's like when you watch it you'll be like oh okay that's just we we needed to wrap this movie up it's very short it's like it's like 90 minutes okay that's good so it's a pretty pretty easy watch it lacked for me a lot of like substance, okay, and a lot of like trying to get me to care about these characters, yeah. Because like Lauren Cohen's whole thing pretty much was that she's a mom, okay, and like she says that to a guy when they're about to fight. She's like, "Please don't, I'm a mother," and it's oh. like, okay, like yeah, then why are you here? Well, yeah, I don't know. why are you shooting at right everyone else? Yeah, and then like she fights him, and it's like, well, I thought you were a mother. Yeah, but like it did the job. It's not the greatest movie ever but it's also just like it's 90 minutes it's a lot it's of like whatever it's a lot of fighting and gunfire and yeah and two okay. suicide missions okay i know i was like i've always wanted to see it so now that you've seen it i don't know if i want to well i just feel like right now i have like oscar stuff to watch but i'll still keep it in my yeah it's room. one you can you can throw on pretty easily yeah you're not gonna you don't need to pay attention too closely right Except if you're if you're trying to figure out what well, the plot twist is, you know I like to figure out a good plot twist. So I'm int- I would be interested to see if you. I don't think it would be too hard for you to figure out. Yeah. But I also don't. I think there's an aspect of it that you wouldn't. Oh, okay. That you wouldn't. That's not that you wouldn't get, but I don't think you'd think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. From what they're the movie, giving. You. Yeah. From what yeah. the context of the movie. Okay, that's fine. Challenge accepted. All right. Uh, let's get into these TV duos. TV duos. How many do you have, Jack? I have ten. Oh, okay. Last time I talked to you, you had three. Yeah, I figured I I got seven more. You did. Okay. And usually, usually I'm the one that's like we have to rank them. But yeah. This week I didn't rank. I just okay. I put it in a order to say, but it, I wouldn't say it's my like in order top okay. ten. Me either. Okay. Uh, would you like me to start or? Don't look. Okay. Uh, you go ahead. Okay. My number one, just because you name an entire show after these two guys, and I thought of it because Dad was watching them for some reason, but Beavis and Butthead. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was watching that? Yeah, he was. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. So I'm like, I'm going to throw that on the list. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. You name a whole show after them. They did, like, multiple seasons and a movie. Yeah. Beavis oh, yeah. and Butthead. 
Um, I'm going to start off with a Yellowstone duo that I'm obsessed with, and that would be Rip and Beth. And if you don't watch Yellowstone, then shame on you. But uh, Rip and Beth have one of the most, like, complicated, beautiful love stories. Like, I, he just, like, loves her. He just, like, accepts and loves her for everything she is. And I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's my one of my duos. Uh, number two, the the disappointing part of lists like these is that uh, there is not a lot of representation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this necessarily is a... It is a very good duo, but like I don't know if they're the biggest on screen. I know they did SNL Weekend Update together, but Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Oh, okay. Yeah. More of just like the work that they've both done. Yeah. Yeah. But they do feel like this like very important duo. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you say that because my number nine was Michael Che and Colin Jost from SNL. They do We Can Update now and they have for quite a few years and I really like them. But I did consider Tina Fey and Amy Poehler too. Like I was like, well, they're a good duo too. But yeah, but I picked Michael Che, Colin Jost. Duo. Um, this is probably a little too low for this one, but uh, Brian and Stewie Griffin from Family Guy, because <laughs> the amount of adventures they've gone on, they have gone back in time, they have fought Nazis, and they have done everything together, and they're also a dog and a baby, so that's fun. Right, so that's good. Yeah, a combination that, I mean, it's, it's man's best friend, but a dog and a baby doing all of this crazy right. stuff, I, 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 as ridiculous as that show is i just love that because it was based on um uh bing crosby bob hope oh yeah adventure oh okay movie i think was like how they started it because i think it was road two or something which is what family guy calls them because they do like across the multiverse and back in time they do a lot of like they go to india they have a lot of adventures with the two of them that's so fun Mm -hmm. Um, I picked from friends Chandler and Joey just because they're roommates and best friends. And I feel like in the show they play off of each other and they have such a, a like a beautiful bond of like, you know, just the boys. Just they're just simple boys. Yeah. Yeah. So I like them. Especially because like Ross like is a part of the friend group. But yeah. it just doesn't really mesh with them as well. No, because he's really different. Like, they do silly things. Like, they, you know, they're always playing game, these silly games. And they're, like, right? So they're, yeah, Ross is, like, a little more academia, serious. Nerd. Yeah. And, Dinosaurs. like, yeah, the, the one thing, I, one of my favorite things from that show is always the ball when they're throwing the ball. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was it how long they could do it or how many throws? It's just like doing it without dropping it. Yeah. And they ended up doing it like through the night and everyone got involved and such a simple thing. But it was like a simple storyline, but it was so well executed. Um, The only other female duo that I have on this list is Mm -hmm. uh, Meredith Grey and Christina Yang from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, they were great. I only watched a few seasons of that show, but they were the two. Like Catherine Heigl's in that show, too, but... She just plays maybe herself. But oh. the two of them are just like, they have such a good dynamic. And it's one of those, like, um, I was going to say the relationship, they always call it like black cat and something else, oh, like okay. the positive one. Oh, okay. But like, neither of them are really positive. No, I think they can just be fully themselves. And I think they, it's like a very unconditional love between them. And it's always like, you're my person and you're my person. And, it was it was pretty nice and it was nice to see 
like two females being portrayed as like best friend, biggest supporters as they're trying to both kind of get like the same positions and stuff like that. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I have Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, Sherlock, but from like the movie, the show Sherlock, not from the elementary. Yeah. I like Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Um, cause he's really, Cumberbatch is really like eccentric, you know, crime solver OCD and Martin kind of keeps him in line and they have great chemistry. It's one of the best shows. Like, I just think it was so underrated for people that didn't watch it. I just thought it was so well done and smart, really well written. Yeah. It's good. Um, I've got, actually I'll I'll flip those two. I'm going to go to the game of Thrones world. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Aria and the hound. Oh yeah. So kind of like, when you look at it, it kind of looks like a father-daughter type relationship. Yeah. Where he's kind of like a mentor, but like they had so many like good adventures together mm-hmm. and went through a lot together. Honestly, I don't even remember what happened to him. I know he's probably, he probably died, but. Yeah. I don't remember either, actually. That's funny. I remember his brother. No, yeah, And they had a big, they had a big fight. Yeah. That was one I was so excited for. That would have been a good time to have a podcast was during, during that show. Yeah. Doing like weekly episodes about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so good. Um, I have from Friday Night Lights. Do you have Coach and Tammy? I didn't just because I, I strayed away from relationships. Oh, I see. Not a bad thing. There was no like rules on yeah, this. Yeah. But I, I did see that and I was like, yeah, they are pretty good because she's very good at like keeping him in check yeah where like if he says something she doesn't like she'll tell him and like not won't won't let him just do what he wants to do yeah he's not allowed to just back like she's not going to back down from if she strongly believes in something yet they have this like that unconditional thing that we talked about where they just have each other's backs even if they disagree with one another like they can she can kind of say her piece and he can be like, great, but I'm not going to do that. But, you know, but then they still just really love each other. I feel like they had a very realistic relationship, yes. too. Like it wasn't all roses. And, and, yeah. yeah. Like it just seemed very realistic. And it was they had great communication and it was good. I really enjoy them. Uh, so I flipped my five and six. So my number six is Key and Peel. Yes. The, I don't want to say modern Chappelle show because I think Davis talked about that they've kind of co- they kind of copied him, but them as a duo and it's so cool to see that they've gone off and done their own thing. Like Jordan Peele has gone off to do these like serious trio of movies now, but like these are also the two guys that obviously they did Key and Peele for a few seasons. Like so many good bits out of that show yeah. and like so many were it's one of those you get in a conversation with someone that also like i know someone that also watched the show because they do like little monologues and like they have these like little clips of bits but yeah they also did that movie where it was basically john wick but it was like two normal guys and i think someone steals their cat mm. so then they have to be john wick right and it came out around the same time as john wick where i think to the point where i'm pretty sure they accused quote-unquote john wick of copying them. oh wow like okay. not seriously yeah yeah just in a they fun co- way they copied us they copied us um this is my last couple but i did put from the americans elizabeth and peter jennings because they are are more than just a couple though well they they posed as a couple from the kgb and then they actually 
fall in love. Like they actually become a couple and they're very, um, they do a good job of we are loyal to the KGB, but we're also loyal to each other. And how they balance that in the show is really fascinating because sometimes they don't agree with what is being done and one of them wants out and near the end, one of them wants out and the other one doesn't. And they still manage to keep their relationship intact. And yeah, there it's it was a fascinating relationship to watch on TV because it was just like, I'm not even sure if they do love like, you know, they love each other, but there's moments because they're so loyal to the their purpose of being in this in America, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. Uh, my number seven, I'm gonna go to a nine, 90s classic, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Corey and Sean. Aww. It would probably be Corey and Topanga because like they get married and stuff, but like no, I gotta do the bros. The bros and like yeah, I, I saw this made me think of I saw a clip on TikTok where like Sean was gonna get into trouble, but Corey came and backed him up, and one of the teachers told them like. You're lucky to have a friend like this who mm. is going to do whatever he has to to help you. Yeah. And they had such a, a good bond. I know um they did the show, like they brought the show back. Yeah. Or like they did Girl Meets World. And I saw a clip of them like reuniting, Aww. like the characters reuniting for that show. And it was really cute. Uh, I have to say shout out to Ben Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Because Fred's his brother, whose brother was in the show for like a couple episodes, which is okay. funny. Um, he's running for like Congress. Oh, nice! Or wow. something like that. Like getting out of kind of acting. Yeah, and... into politics. Wow. All right. Um, my number four is Lorelai and Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. We got the mother daughter, the duo, which I really should have Jenny and Georgia on now that I've just finished. But the mother daughter duo is always a fun one to watch, and they were always, you know, it's not always again sunshine and roses. Like you do go through your things. Um, but yeah, Lorelai and Rory are my number four. Um, I, I guess we're doing this backwards. Like we're doing this opposite oh, okay. order from each other. <laughs> okay. Uh, I put Rick and Morty. It is like, I don't know if they've ever said this. It's a pretty clear ripoff of, uh, Back to the Future and Doc and Marty. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know what the future of the show is now because the one of the creators of the show who does the voices has done some made some bad choices. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, he's definitely not going to do the show anymore. But he also mm-hmm. does quite a few of the voices. So okay, this is interesting of what will be the future of that show. Yeah, because I don't know if it necessarily needs to continue because it is a very good show on its own. They've gone on so many adventures and done a lot of crazy stuff that you can't do on normal tv yeah but the animation kind of opens those doors where like they go to a pl- an example they go to a planet where they do the purge okay like every year they just do the purge yeah we just do it and then there's no and then there's no crime otherwise <laughs> but like well, in, in that dystopian world it works right and right. they show up and yeah i don't think they mess things up but they kind of show people for what they really are right good um, I put um, from the X Files, Mulder and Scully. Um, they had a um, they had a really complex relationship. Like it was like they worked together, um, and one was like they were very different on their approaches. One was more science based, and one was more like, yeah, this is a UFO. And they had um, they they bounced off of each other. Like they were. It was just, it was a really, it was always a fun watch to watch the two of them attack whatever 
mission they were kind of on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mulder and Scully. Uh, my second last one. Yes. We're going to go to the world of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. And you saying that made me think Hitchcock and Scully, but I went with uh, Boyle and Peralta. Yeah. They're just two two it's bros. So funny. Uh, I forgot because I was talking about it with someone that Damon Wayans is in an episode where yeah. he was Jake's old partner. And they do this song where they're... Um, they forget Charles, mm. and then after Damon Wayne's, they're singing a song, and he goes, "But we can't go back because we gone too farls because they forgot <laughs> oh. Charles." But uh, yeah, Boyle and Peralta have such a like beautiful relationship. I never finished the show; I will, will eventually. But yeah. they just always, especially Boyle, just always had Peralta's back on anything. Yeah, and it's it's too bad that show had such a hard time getting the following. Because it is one of the funniest shows and like they had to switch networks and they had like they really had to fight for that show. And it's just too bad because it is a really funny one. I talking about um, one of my friends is rewatching it and says like it really falls off a cliff. Okay. And then I brought up the idea. What if when they got canceled, that should have just been the end Mm. because the way they ended it was with the they ended it with the wedding. Right. Right. So So they could have that could have been the end of the show. Right. Yeah. It's too bad. Um, I have from okay now. I only watched a couple seasons of this, but Breaking Bad with um, so Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, and they had like the teacher student, and they made drugs together. But it was just you know the older man with the younger, and the one was like druggy, and then the other one was you know the site more the chemist behind it and just how they work together, and and seeing the evolution of their like friendship and. It was pretty great. I never finished it. I don't know why. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't finish it. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, but I always really enjoyed it. I was it was intense. It was like it had funny. It had drama. It had made you laugh, cry. Like it had everything you're looking for. And I don't know why I never finished it. For me, I think it was just like the villains were never like because I know uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's Esposito. Um, he is eventually in that show yeah so i feel like he would have been that would have been so good though something to bring you back he's almost like i was gonna say modern day christoph waltz but i feel like he's tv's christoph waltz yeah that's a good comparison i like it he is he's so good he's so believable uh so i think that brings me to my last one yeah and it has to be without a doubt the best represented in this entire list troy and abed from community oh community donald glover and danny pudi and they just i was watching that show the other day at work somehow I, i'm not like i wasn't doing work but i was watching it and doing work okay um and i just forgot how good that show is for when everyone is together and right, the group right. dynamics but troy and abed who have their own show like their own like regis and kelly kind of thing yeah and they always sing troy and abed in the morning night and, and then one time they're doing it at night and they go troy and abed in the morning nights nights nice yeah. i don't know i should stick back with that yeah, that is my that is my favorite duo tv oh, duo that is not my favorite tv duo my favorite tv duo is from the office michael scott and Dwight. Now you could go Dwight and Jim, but I think Michael and Dwight have a funnier, like Jim and Dwight have like the Jim likes messing with him and they have, those are bits are funny, but I think Michael and Dwight have such a unique relationship. Like 
we were watched Meg and I just watched the other day the CPR one where they have <laughs> they bring in the dummy with no arms and no legs and I don't know just like oh that's the when you're supposed to do staying alive and yeah. he does um, uh, once I was afraid I was, I was petrified. petrified and he's doing it really slow anyways they're I love them and I just think they have you know they have like a bond that Dwight just adores him will do anything for him but then he does start getting a bit of a backbone and Dwight takes his job very seriously and um, always backs up Michael. What is he? The assistant to the assistant or the assistant to the manager? Yeah, assistant to uh, not assistant to the regional manager. He's because Dwight eventually becomes the regional manager, but also becomes Jim's assistant Assistant. because Jim's the assistant. Yeah. So he becomes the assistant Assistant to the the assistant. assistant. Yeah. It's such a funny show. I, I love it. God, I, was, I laugh so hard. I was trying to think of that because I saw that on a list somewhere, and I'm like, I don't know if that like that show just has a lot of good duos. Where like, I don't know, Ryan and Michael to me are such a good duo because yeah. Ryan just loves Michael so, or Michael loves Ryan so much, and he just doesn't care. Or like the Jim and Dwight, I, I kind of get that, but they're more like rivals. Yeah. And then like even like Stanley and um, Phyllis. Phyllis, yeah. Or even anyone from like oscar and kevin like yeah. there's a lot of good duos in that show there is yeah but then there's also like creed and meredith even i think daryl they gave such a good like chance in that show of yeah. like having good dynamics even um i'm kind of going through every character kelly but and ryan is a good one kelly and ryan is a good one <laughs> messiest relationship ever <laughs> even like andy and jim like yeah. i didn't really like andy but like them two and like he calls them tuna and like they have their like bits yeah. together yeah no, it's just it's just such a funny show. I just love that show so much. And it is the type of show you can just like pick an episode and just watch it. Like, you don't, know, right? Well, now that I've seen the whole thing, I can do that. Yeah. I don't know if you could do that just if you watch had, it in watch it in order. Watch it in order if you've never seen it, but then yeah, then you can kind of pick and choose. Like last night we or two nights ago we watched the CPR one cuz it's just one of the best ones ever ever done today smoking's gonna save, save lives <laughs> i know and then creed with his one line he goes i know you i saw you in the parking lot like out of nowhere like he has these lines creed doesn't say much but when he does they're so funny even uh the work bus which is yeah. one of the last seasons if not the last season yeah. and he's like oh good i'm playing hooky from work and he gets on the work bus with yeah. everyone there and he's like oh oh here you guys all are yeah anyways those are it. those are our duos we should have put us oh yeah well, My favorite we're not duo. On, we're not on TV though. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Opinions TV channel. Yeah. It's twenty four hours of us. <laughs> oh, fun. Uh, next week we we don't really have we don't have a bit. Oh, for next it's not week. A, it's not a funny one. No, it's uh. It oh. is. It does have a theme though. It does. One. It's episode one twenty three. It is superhero themed. I'm watching the movie Super with Rain Wilson. Oh. Speaking of little connection there, and then you are watching. You are completing the Andrew Garfield. What do you call it two movie because it's not trilogy. They only he only did two. Only did two movies. Oh, okay. Uh, but the Amazing Spider-Man two, which um, then you'll get to see the character uh, that Jamie Foxx plays in oh, okay. the new Spider-Man movie. So you let learn the background of that, and then we are doing a Baker's dozen of superhero trivia. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's and how many I did. Thirteen. Thirteen. There we you go. have to make mine easy though. Easier. Okay. Um, what comic book is what franchise is Batman from? 
the DC. There you go. It's there. One for one. One for one. No, we're not counting that. Oh. That was just your test question. Darn. Okay. okay. Uh, Case, you got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. But besides that, we will see you next time. Bye.